All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Admit It. This is your host, Nettie. And I'm your host, Dee. <laughs> um, and we also have a special guest today, but before we get to him, um, I just want to do like a quick little check-in, like what, what's been going on with you? Well, you know, recruitment season is slowing down a little bit, okay. so that's nice. Is it over yet? No, um, the first week of December is okay. when it'll officially wrap up for oh, us. Oh my god, that is so late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's when we stop like going out into the field and stuff. So, okay. Yeah, but cool. what about you? Recruitment season is officially fin. How? Oh, because but wait, November thirtieth hasn't passed. Well, because they're all off for a break. Yeah, well, no, so we go into read season, so read season actually officially starts for us on Thursday, oh, okay. um, and we should be off the road, but they'll send us anyways, but <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm done, I like had two months of heavy recruitment, I think I was back at home in my bed for like a maximum of three days from like wow. the beginning of September till the end of October, I got back on the 1st, and then I just had one more trip, which was this past weekend, just got in from Sacramento last night at 11 o'clock, so. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm done, and then I'm off to Aruba in a week, so Oop. that <laughs> is what I'm looking for. Okay, <laughs> right? Okay. I know. Paul, you have any check-ins for us? Oh, man. I'm not going to Aruba. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. right. I was supposed to be going to Thailand, but uh, I ruptured my Achilles, so I had to, you know, postpone my trip. Mm. How did you do that? Uh, you know, I got the itch to play flag football. You know, after retiring from football four years ago, <laughs> wow. so you know, I played in this league in Newport Beach, and it's a competitive league. Like ex NFL guys, wow. D1 guys are wow. in there, and you know, I felt like I was one of those guys. Uh-oh. And uh, four games into the season, you know, um, my body said no. Nah. So then I pushed off. My Achilles oh. just ruptured. Oh, fell down, and then laid there. And I was like, damn. Sounds painful. I feel like Kobe. The only the drinks go down. Yeah. Yeah, right? God, I'm trying to shoot my free throws, but you know it's football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I learned my lesson the hard way too. Because once I was done playing volleyball in college, I was like, oh, I'll play in this little league with my friends, and like. The first game, I twisted my ankle, and I was like, oh, that's this not for me anymore. Are y'all still keeping up the exercising and the conditioning that you were doing when you were playing? No, it was, definitely wasn't, like, doing all the cuts and okay. running like I was out there trying to do. Um, my body was not ready. I work out every day, but it's not, it's not to the extent to, you know, go out there and do those cuts and then right. those random little sprints. And, uh, yeah, I'm paying for it right now with the Aww. ECC's little boot. Aww. Yeah. But you know, fortunately, I did not have to have surgery, so it's That's it's good. actually it's actually healing up pretty well. So great, I'm pretty happy. You know, I'm officially retired from uh, contact sports, though. <laughs> stick, to, uh, stick to bowling and you know uh, yeah. golf. Okay, what about ping pong? That's not too tedious. Yeah, that's too hand-eye coordination. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad golfs, so if you ever want to go golf, yeah, 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 I'll put you guys. I'll make a tea time. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But you know, I've been in a boot before, so um, I can be dazzled for you if you like. That's This boot's been going through it, though. Yeah, I bet, I bet. How yeah. long do you have to wear it for? Um, actually, it should be off already, but my doctor, you know, he's kind of mad at me because I haven't been doing any of the rehab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't have time to like, go to rehab, so he's just like, 
it feels good. It feels good. It looks like your rehab's working right. And I was like, damn, I haven't even went once. And he's like, dude, he's like, you football players don't listen. So mm. I was like, my bad. <laughs> you guys are listening. That's yeah, keep your- very important. You, your health. You are you trying to walk later on in life? <laughs> you know, I. Uh, I feel like it. I feel like it works. So, <laughs> I mean, but it could be working more. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's right now it's doing the minimum, but it could be yeah. doing the maximum if yeah. you put in your work too. And is this your driving foot? Yeah, so I've been driving my left foot oh. for like the last like two months. Oh, wow. wow, skills. Okay. Yeah, that's skills. That's mad skills. So I put this this leg like across uh-huh. and then, like that. You need to get a little wow. tan. Hold on, you know, <laughs> you look white right there. Oh, <laughs> watch out! Watch out! <laughs> you like the dark meat on the chicken? That's <laughs> why <laughs> you That's funny. You know, it's like you're so much better than me because when I uh, hurt my foot. I was like, nah, bro. I had to wear everyone. No, no, I wore it. So my doctor actually put me in a boot for two weeks and was like, no, you should be fine. Then when I came back and I was supposed to be out of the boot, he said, I'm going to put you in a cast for two weeks. And I was like, okay. And it was like right around Thanksgiving time. And then that was actually the year that my grandmother had passed away. And my aunt decided in winter that she wanted to wear cream white, which what? So we had to go shopping in and out all these stores. My hip flexor was messed up for like maybe four or five years after that. <laughs> but yeah, but anyways, I was in it. And then I went back after Thanksgiving. I was like, cool, I'm about to get this like this uh, cast off. And he's like, yeah, we're going to leave it in there for another two weeks. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Wasn't prepared for that. And then when he took me out of the cast, he put me back in the walking boot. And I was like, okay, I just, apparently I can't win here. <laughs> Dang. But I had everyone chauffeur me around. I did not drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, unfortunately, I didn't have that. You know, I had to drive myself around. Oh, right. Some of us, yeah. the, the less fortunate, you know what I'm saying? We got to do it our own. <laughs> the regular people in the world. Right, exactly. I was in college, so it makes a difference. Because mm. in college, like, I just had to walk everywhere. And so, and like, there wasn't that much to do in Monterey. Um, and then when I came home for the break, like, I was just home for the break, but... Yeah, so I think it would be different though if I was an adult and I needed to get to work every day. Yeah, I, yeah, I probably would have just carpooled. Okay, <laughs> this baby. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna do a quick icebreaker, Paul. Let's get it. Yeah, are you ready for this? Um, so uh, I don't actually have the title for it. I'm sorry, I messed that one up here. But I'm just gonna ask you some questions. So, one, what is the best job you've ever had? Man, so I worked at Amazon mm-hmm. when, like, I think a year after I graduated college, and that job probably was one of the best jobs I've had. Mm, it's really? a, you know, it's a cool environment. You work in the warehouse, and you know, you get to see how Amazon works, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the flow of, you know, shipping stuff out, picking stuff. Um, it's you see why their company is the best company in the world really? and uh, i was working there you know it's you know you're working with hundred, hundreds of people a day uh it's a cool job um eventually got old because it's the same thing over and over mm-hmm. and it's just straining your body because you're working in a warehouse but that job was fun you know it's i think i walked about 10 plus miles a day in that warehouse wow yeah, really? yeah i was skinny yeah. yeah everyone that works there they see the before and after pictures you know they come mm-hmm. in heavy and then they're like a year later they're like super skinny i'm like all the walking you do in the right world. man maybe i'm in the wrong job you yeah. like done nothing but gain weight <laughs> although this year did not gain any weight during travel season we're proud of you yeah, thank yeah. you that's really hard to do yeah, <laughs> if you're wondering paul 
All right, so name five things on your bucket list. Oh, man. Uh, definitely go to Thailand. Thailand, um, bucket list. I haven't really thought of this, you know. Uh, you know, just things to do. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you hit me with a stove. I should have reviewed the questions. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I said something really good. Hey, hey, the lie you told us earlier. I was thinking about this question too, and I was like, Hold That's on. that athlete glance. Yeah, I did my homework. That's why you're not going to get on us. Oh, my bad. You feel attacked personally? That's what you yeah, I just want to travel more. Like, it's just if the five things would be destinations. Okay. So I'd like to go to Australia, I'd like to Me go to Japan, Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, Thailand, uh, all, all the different spots of five different areas. Yeah. Okay. Dope, dope, cool. Dope. You want to take this next one? What's one habit you're trying to get rid of? Uh, Probably swearing. You know, I got to try to get better with, you know, not swearing as much mm-hmm. whenever like I'm you know with the friends or mm-hmm. whatever because it's just feel like it's bad etiquette mm-hmm. and you know it, it flows into like when you're actually talking to you know professional people yeah, and sense. like when you're coming into work the next day or week you just like alright well why am I talking like this so mm-hmm. it's just like you know trying to better uh, pronunciate you know my words and you know educate myself all the time yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I feel that. I don't. Me too. As a communication professional, I love that. Yeah. Who is your hero or your shero? Uh, definitely my pops, Big Paul. You know, <laughs> he's a he uh he raised us. He just a hardworking guy. Wakes up every day. Just goes to work. Um, and you know, I just put that drive in me to always you know work hard in whatever you're doing. Um, and literally, I know my dad's like a. Oh, like he started his own clothing line, so he's a wow. like he's an entrepreneur too. Wow. So like it's crazy. Like I'm like, Dad, you're fifty something years old, and you just started your own clothing line. Right. And he uh, he inspires me to do stuff like that. And when he did that, and he's taking off, and like it's doing well, I'm like, you know, it's just you just got to learn it. And he yeah. showed he showed us yeah. you can do it. Okay, so that's so sweet. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. I was like, who's your shiro? Oh, me. <laughs> or he? Um. I don't know. My Shiro is probably my aunt. Okay. Yeah, she's a, a pivotal part of who I am today, a pillar in my life. I think same as you, her worth ethic is like unmatched. Mm-hmm. Like she's always going to work, always on time. Yep. She said, mm-hmm. I remember for her son, he graduated from Cal State Fullerton and we went to his graduation in May earlier this year. We got there two hours early. Oh. I said, why? Why? <laughs> well, we need to find a parking. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was so mad. But like being on time is yeah. like really mm-hmm. like it kind of makes me think of that saying that says the early bird gets the worm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get to choose and you get to make a choice. Because yeah. you showing up late, especially as a recruiter, right. you don't get whatever tables left. If it's mm-hmm. sunny that day, you better hope it's in the shade. Yeah. Like you know, showing up early really makes it or really translates to showing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and whatever you're invested in. So yeah. I think it's. Agree. Yeah. What about you, Love Bug? 
I don't know. I like as I asked it, I was like, oh, maybe I should not ask. I don't, I don't have an answer to the question. Well, I'm telling mama. No, I think my parents just in general have set a really good example for me. Like my dad has been an entrepreneur for my entire life, and so um, he used to own his own mortgage company when I was a kid oh, wow. and got played a few times. Of course. Yes, like uh, I think we were like third grade or something, like second or third grade. He was like moving offices and so, oh, baby girl, what do you want to like? Can you help me? So I need you to alphabetize these files which is actually a very difficult job when you're like yeah. second or third grade right. so i was like okay and he had like all these files and so then we and he's like we'll take you we're like well what's gonna be our payment he's like i'll take you to dinner right so i'm like okay <laughs> wow <laughs> he took us to mcdonald's and i was like and i had learned how i was like oh you tried to play us and mind you, we used to go to dinner every Friday anyway. So oh. I was expecting that I was going to get some, like, shrimp or lobster crab. In the second grade? Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, he showed it to me to McDonald's, and I just knew in second grade, even though I didn't know what minimum wage was, I felt like I had been cheated. We uh. <laughs> could do that when you got kids. Um, no, but they've always been, like, really hard workers, and my mom used to be um, the director of, like, a business resource center. Um, the They called it the Urban League, and it's called the Workstore Centers now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so she used to be a director of one of those centers, That's so dope. I used to, like, always, like, see her, like, help people get jobs, and then they started this really cool clothes closet in her honor um, at one of the Urban Leagues, and so it was called Antoine's Clothes Closet, and, like, Ross and TJ Maxx and everything, they would donate all these clothes um, to her clothes closet, and so then when people would come in and they need to get interviews, like, they could come in and get their clothes for free, which was really cool, so. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, I definitely think they set a really good example for me and that they have been like my sheroes and heroes and then also my next door neighbor Sean I know she's always just really cool she's like a stylist and um I used to always just see her like going back and forth from like LA to New York and all over the world and I used to always be like when I grow up I want to be like her mm -hmm. like, just like a woman handling her stuff and right she's handling she's really successful so I think that's the most right. intriguing thing about the people in our lives is the things that we take away from them. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was, I thought you were going to say, oh, I'm taking, I want to take away from her being more fashionable or mm -hmm. more a trendsetter. Mm -hmm. And you're like, nah, she was just always on herself. I want to yeah. be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But so, and you know, we look at all these situations where we talked about our important people in our life and we all took away something different from mm -hmm. them being, you know, a pillar in our lives. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Yeah. So. Thank you guys Are you really going to ask this next question? Because um, I, I was debating with her about this next question. <laughs> well, we have it's kind of childish, but go ahead. <laughs> <it. laughs> Alright, if you had to fight an animal, what type of animal would it be? <laughs> if I had to fight an animal? An animal. <laughs> if I was an animal and I was fighting, or if I'm <laughs> fighting the animal. <laughs> 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 yeah. These are great clarification questions. I'm going to say if I was an animal fighting someone, I'm definitely going to be a giraffe. Okay. That's my favorite animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, because they ain't gonna hit my head. Be up there, so I'm, I'm, I'm y'all can't see. He just showed so. us his giraffe tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're pretty dope, though. Yeah, Can you I'm, show her the Friday the Thirteenth tattoo? Oh yeah, these are Friday the Thirteenth tattoos. So I'm not gonna say what they are. It's pizza with the cheese, and then yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, I'm trying to make this one on your arm oh, yeah. is super dope. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Are you thinking about making it a sleeve or no? Uh, eventually, I want to come down. But okay. 
work wise, like oh, good I, point. I, like it yeah. stops. Like I, when I wear my shirts, that covers. is that the perfect length. So okay. like, well, I don't like wear long sleeve shirts. So yeah, it's like, right. yeah, that's a good point. I guess for everyone who can't see the tattoo, it's a really beautiful Aztec yeah. um, on his. Is that your right, right shoulder? Yeah, yeah, on your right shoulder. Um, and then it's got some, is it? So it's Aztec Tribal. tribal. And uh, this is the San Diego State logo. Oh. So and I, I played football there. So I got the logo and then I got Aztec Tribal all around. And my football number engraved in it, 69. Um, you know, it's, you know, it means something. Yeah. Because, you know, that's where I went and played my ball. And, you know, it just reminds me of, you know, playing and being there. Yeah, so yeah. So it's cool. That's yeah. super that's a beautiful tattoo. Yeah. That's probably my favorite tattoo. All right. Um, all right. What's your favorite sports team, both football and basketball? Lakers right. and Chargers. Oh, I'm so glad you said Lakers because we was going to have to kick you out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, she <laughs> I, I, was, I wasn't a big LeBron guy last year because, you know, yeah. he didn't do no much, but hey, he's, he's, he's pulling around this year. Yeah, he's here. What about you? Who's your favorite? Um, since I'm from LA, I just always read LA. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't have a football team because I don't watch a lot of football, but maybe the Raiders, I guess. That's okay. like who my family goes for. Um, but all day Lakers. Lakers all day long. Actually, great parenting moment from my father. When Lakers won 3P, he came and checked me out of school so we could go to the parade. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was fun. I felt like deep was, in your bloodline. Yeah. yeah. My, like, I used to have an uncle remember like when they had the throwback jerseys that were blue yeah. we used to have an uncle who would have one of those stands that they would sell the jerseys and stuff around LA and then um, he would have like the bedazzled gear so we would get like some cool bedazzled like Lakers gear nice. yeah was, those were good times alright um, what did you want to be when you grew up uh man you know playing football I obviously wanted to be in the NFL mm-hmm. you know that's like everyone's like dream right um, and you know either growing up I always told my dad it would be baseball mm-hmm. and then getting into high school I was like all right football and I was like all right that's what I want to do um so yeah I think anyone that played football like their dream and their goal is to be in the NFL right right Makes so sense. that was that's what I wanted to do okay and, uh, you know yeah cool. <laughs> So let's dive in. So, Paul, tell us about your background um, on football. So I know you just mentioned, you know, you were an Aztec and, you know, you played. But Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit more in depth about your experience at San Diego State. Uh, My experience at San Diego State was, you know, up and down, you know. Mm -hmm. I uh, played there for four years. I uh, redshirted my freshman year and then got started. was going into my sophomore year starting as a redshirt freshman um and then i had got a heart procedure um done because they had saw that i had gained so much weight that first year because when i got saying say i got there at 240 and then after a year i got it to 310. that freshman 15 was a little <laughs> well she's when they got you a, a one of the cards and they say you can eat whatever you want to get yeah. so I, yeah i was yeah i yeah. did that <laughs> i did that so uh you know i had a little some health issues going into like my seasons that kind of set me back every time like I was like supposed to be playing uh so you know my career was like on and off you know I played but then I didn't so you know I can't you know dwell on it um and then I got you know some concussions while I played there as well um and kind of like you know what I'm going to hint on you know they uh kind of brush that stuff under the table you know when you get them like especially you get them at practice you know they just say oh you're fine go back to practice right uh, especially for people like me that really didn't play as much 
they kind of didn't really care. So, you know, it's uh, it's something that, you know, they need to start, you know, paying more attention to because uh, mental, people with concussion, they have mental problems. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's hard for people to, you know, cope that there's something wrong with them. Right. And uh, until they actually, like, all right, I'm feeling the symptoms. Right. Um, so, you know, my career there was cool. It was the best for years of my life, though. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's, it was up and down, but it was the best words of my life. Wouldn't change it for the world. Okay. Uh, met some of my best friends there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a couple of them got married already, and uh, they've asked me to be in their weddings. I'm like, whoa, dang. I need <laughs> yeah, to find that point a, now? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I need to find a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, going back to what you said, so for some of our listeners who may not know, what does it mean to be red-shirted? Uh, red-shirted is... I guess uh, a few different terms for red shirt. Yeah, because I red shirted too. But talk about your red shirt. So I red shirted because I wasn't going to play. So it's basically you're just not playing that year. You're not using a year of eligibility. Right. Um, you're just gonna. For me, I sat that year out, got worked out, it got big. Um, so my freshman year was actually my sophomore year. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm explaining it well. Again, that's a, no, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Did you were you able to play your um, during spring season? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's you'll practice with the team and stuff. Yeah, it's just you're you weren't you weren't gonna play you're games, play. right? Like you said, yeah. you're not using your eligibility year. Yeah, because yeah, there are a few different types. So like I, like your freshman, I think there are technically like three different types of red shirts. So there's like the red shirt where like the coach will make the decision. So basically like you're practicing, you're on the team, but you're not using your eligibility because they're not going to play you. Then you have a medical red shirt, mm-hmm. which means, but a medical red shirt is like, it's almost really hard to get because it really depends on where you are in the season. And then how many games and how many minutes you've played in the season can determine whether or not you can get that year eligibility yep. back. Um, Cause I've known people who have like gotten hurt in like the very beginning of the season, like maybe game four, but because they had so many minutes, they couldn't, even though they had to redshirt for the rest of the year, they couldn't get that year eligibility back. Um, and then my freshman year when I redshirted, I like redshirted for like academic reasons. I don't think my SAT scores were high enough. I don't know if they still practice this, but my SAT scores weren't high enough. And we've talked about how I had a little bit of a rough time in high school. Um, so I had to redshirt the entire freshman year. Yeah. So I couldn't even play in spring league. <laughs> um, but I, to me, I love my redshirt year. Like it was my best. It was, I won't say it was my best year, but it was like I want people to think of it in a way like when you redshirt you are not competing for a spot because there's no spot to compete for right. so you literally get to take that time to get up to um, to kind of get up to speed as everybody to work on whatever you feel like you need to work on like your skills and everything and you're not competing for a spot so there's absolutely no pressure you can take as much time as you want and you need to yeah. so that's kind of how I took it but I know a lot of people get really like butthurt about freshman redshirt mm. year what about you how did you feel about um, I definitely was not ready to play. Like okay. I said, I got there at 240, and I was an offensive lineman, so I had to gain weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was no way I was going to go play with some grown men mm-hmm. and think I was going <laughs> to compete with them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the redshirt year was good. You know, I got strong and was able to, you know, go to practice and, you know, just uh, work on my craft. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, you know, you're not competing against anybody. You're just really just getting better. Right. Um, and stronger so that's you know essentially what happened to like almost all my class that we came in with we all mm-hmm. almost, all of us redshirted now where are you from paul uh i am originally from san bernardino california yeah. okay yeah the good big old 909 <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so what high school did you play at uh, i went to san gregorio high school in san okay. bernardino yeah it's uh 
one of six goals in that city. Uh-huh. And uh, I feel like it's the nicest one. So there's, there's other ones. <laughs> You're biased. Of, yeah, there's other ones that are just in I the middle that. of like mm-hmm. the ghetto San Bernardino. Uh, and I'm like, whoa. And, you know, San Bernardino, San Bernardino, you guys all probably know. Yeah. And it's it's definitely what, uh, what everyone says it is. It's one of the places I try to avoid going. But, you know, my parents still live there. So mm-hmm. I got to go back every now and then. Right. Do you but, no. No. Oh, okay. I've been recruiting in San Bernardino for a since. Cal State San Bernardino? Um, no. I, well, I recruited for Cal State Monterey Bay, but that was my territory. So I had that in. T- I had basically at Monterey um, everything south of Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. So I went from Santa Barbara all the way to San Diego, and then I lost Santa Barbara so I could get San Diego. Um, so I basically did everything south of Los Angeles. But I had the Inland Empire. I have been to some rough parts of San Bernardino. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this existed. Yeah. So, but. Um, I still got some pretty good students, right? But um, I mean, well, there's there's always there's always good people there. People, yeah, yeah. Like, I made it out, so she's yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you did a good job. No, I and I think too, like, and this is so off topic, so we're gonna get back on topic right after this. I just think like when I, especially when I'm going into like low income, under resourced schools, or thing, places that are like maybe like in the middle, like I kind of come in with this mentality that like I know that like the probably administration and the teachers and everybody's like talking down to these students all day long and the last thing i want to do is come in there and be like i'm this power and authority right. you need to listen to me i am all knowing i'm like no nah, look i want to empower these kids to go to school so i would take that approach and i've always had a very positive experience um even recruiting in san bernardino so but it is not my favorite place to recruit just because there's nothing out there but <laughs> and also yeah. so we said we weren't going to talk about this mm-hmm. but um when you were talking about concussions, it made me think of the Miles Garrett situation. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. What was your take on that? There's no, there's no, like, room for that in the sport. You right. know, he lost it. Like, he lost his cool. Like, and you know, it happens when you're in the heat of the moment. Right. You know, mm-hmm. to snap because, like, I definitely snapped at practice and like grabbed a teammate's like face mask and like threw it, but never snapped someone's like helmet off. Right. And like that right there, like. If he would have just took the helmet off, I think he would have been fine. Right. And just threw the helmet like I thought right. he was going to do and like just get fined. But when he swung the helmet and hit him on the head, because that guy, that quarterback, just, just coming off from concussion. That's what I heard. Yeah, he got hit so hard that his body went like straight numb. He collapsed. Oh, shit. And uh, he was just, he's just coming off concussion. So him getting hit in the head like that, right. it's mm. just going to re-aggravate it. Exactly. Mm. And to me, yeah. that was so spiteful and so mm. vengeful. And yes, we get, like you said, you're in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's no place for that. And that's disrespectful mm. as, as hell. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, And what they're trying to, like, what he's trying to throw is the racial slur. And I'm like, you know, there's too many people right there that would have heard it. Mm. And, like, I'm sure his teammates would have been like, yeah, you did say that or something. And, you know, I, but, and, but Miles Garrett's going to say whatever he's going to have to say right now. Right, to, to like, try to clean to his slate, yeah. Clean his slate, but he's, he, has to, he has to deal with this for the rest of the that, but that, But to me, I, unfortunately, let's unpack that a little bit, I think. But <laughs> to me, unfortunately, being a minority, especially an African-American yeah. a nor- minority, mm-hmm. you're going to deal with things that not other cultural groups deal yeah. with. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is the N-word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we should let it slide when people call us that because yeah. we shouldn't. Yeah. But I think that you have to know how to hold your ground because mm-hmm. you know that you're the minority. You yeah. know what you have at stake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you have to know your position. You got mm-hmm. more to lose than whatever it is that you got mad about. Mm-hmm. And that to me, 
He's losing like 50K. I mean, how much is he getting? Like 60, 70,000 a game. That's what he was making. So he, he's missing out. A lot. Yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. Over one word that you let. And, and what I always try to, you know, like, for example, the B word. People say, well, you know, it only holds as much value in context as you give it. Mm-hmm. As long as you know your character. Mm-hmm. You know, your mom was telling us about this earlier. <laughs> and she, she was like, she basically told us, like, you have to own who you are. You mm-hmm. have to know who you are. Yeah. And it takes a, a little while to figure that out and figure yeah. out who you are. But I think once you come into your own, mm-hmm. you don't let things like that phase you. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it, for me, it's like a little bit bigger because like I understand trigger words and like mental health and stuff. And so, and like when we're like, okay, you shouldn't let this like affect you. I think that it goes back to um, behaviors, right? And so that's not the first time that he's probably been that irate. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe to that extent, but that's not the first time he's been irate and has had this very emotional, like, um, outburst, outburst, right? Like, and on the field, and so I think that's where like we have to do better as like coaches and athletes. Like, just because someone is talented doesn't mean that we should allow them to yeah. express their anger in all these different ways because it's gonna manifest. And as much as you um, enable it, it'll only continue to get worse and worse from there. Yeah. And then you get you get in the situation. And so that's one of the things I learned. Like playing volleyball. I mean, also I'm, I don't have a competitive bone in my body. <laughs> So I'm not very competitive and I don't get mad very easily. Um, but also it's something that I remember I like used to hate when I would be like watching basketball games in like high school and I would see other girls and I just get so mad and I'm like, but in the grand scheme of things, is it worth it to get kicked out of this game right. because you got mad about something you probably knew was going to happen anyways because all they're trying to do exactly. is entice this reaction out of you and you have given them everything yeah. they wanted. And maybe his his goal was to get Miles Garrett out of the game and not to play for however many games and he accomplished that right right and that's my point is like you have to and not to say because we don't know either side of the story and we weren't there in that moment but I think you know like you said one they they sought a response and you gave them exactly Mm -hmm. what they wanted and I think learning how to direct that energy because had you direct y'all had just won Mm -hmm. my dude what better accomplishment because you you combat being called the n-word with then a victory like I might be your n-word but I just got that w so you know what I mean so it's like I don't I can see if y'all had lost and he called you the n-word oh okay hold on what's Mm -hmm. what's up right (laughs) you know but then it's like y'all I don't want to you know so it's just like some things in the grand scheme of things what were you really thinking about and what kind of trigger Mm -hmm. had to be that deep where you reacted in such a such a way right because i don't i mean i'm not gonna lie that i've been called that before Mm -hmm. but you know i i didn't go to that extent i wasn't in the heat of the moment either but it's like living as a black person is almost inevitable Mm -hmm. before someone's gonna either treat you as such or call you as such right you know what team does he play for sorry i'm like no football fan people (laughs) is it the browns where is cleveland okay i will say the only like what I will say is dealing with racism outside of California is very True. different. True. And so I had to check my privilege real quick this summer because <laughs> I was in Fort Lauderdale and they have this, it was this weird merge between like blatant racism and micro racism. Like maybe it was like a macro racism. So it wasn't 
always very clear but you always knew the intent behind it and I was so triggered the entire time like it kind of like I don't want to say it ruined my trip because I met a great group of people while I was there I was at for a work conference but it just threw me off into the last night when everybody was like out and they were like oh let's go out let's have fun I was like I don't want to go out no more I don't want to interact with any of these people no more like I've just been triggered on every single level I'm having all of these emotional like responses to everything and so it's like about protecting your energy at that point and somehow they still drug me out <laughs> and then there was a shooting that night and it was mm. yeah see <laughs> i mean it was one shot so it calmed down <laughs> and no one wanted to leave i was like you guys it's time to go <laughs> so, but it's fine <laughs> but yeah, yeah. getting but but definitely yeah. unpacking that a little bit but let's yeah get back into it um, um so paul i know you like mentioned that you like wanted to go pro so at what moment did you realize that you weren't going to go pro um and like was it life altering for you was like did you have a plan so it was like well no big deal i got this backup plan you know like i mentioned i had that heart procedure Mm -hmm. as soon as you know sorry to cut you off can you talk about what the heart procedure was um i had a irregular heartbeat okay so i had a lot of fat that was around my heart so, you know, for four months, you know, the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. They were just like, you know, you're, it's, something's wrong. You're like, you can mm-hmm. collapse at any moment. So they shut me off from football. And they were just trying to do all these tests, trying to figure out, like, what was going to, like, what was wrong. At the end of the day, it was just a bunch of fat around my heart. Mm-hmm. So they just did an ablation. So the ablation, they went through my groin. And there's this little, like, thing. They got it all the way up to my heart, burned off all the fat. Okay. And I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. But right there, that moment, um, I knew I was probably done because um, the coaches moved on. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they have to do their job. They recruited um, another guy in my position, same age, uh, same early, if he started mm-hmm. from there on out. And uh, I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my backup plan was always, you know, I was getting a free education. I was on a full ride scholarship. You know, it was, you know, Criminal justice was what I wanted to do. I said, all right, it's a broad degree, and you could do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, I was trying to go into the law enforcement. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out, but, you know, um, that was the backup plan. And, uh, you know, everyone should have one. And if you don't, then I don't understand what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so good. That's, like, one thing I like to tell people. And sometimes it's not, it's not even, like, thinking, of like, oh, it's a backup plan. It's, like... At some point, you will stop playing your sport. Oh, yeah. Even if you make it professionally. Kobe Bryant had to stop playing. Michael Jordan had to stop playing. LeBron James is going to have to stop playing soon. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, what are you going to do after that? Because Mm -hmm. once that money stops coming in, you got to figure out a way to make money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what does that look like for you? So I'm glad to hear that you always had a backup plan. I mean, at first, though, you know, it's hard to come to realization Mm -hmm. that it's not going to happen. Because that's that's everyone's goal mm-hmm. is to like go pro and it's just you know like every I whenever I watch the draft every year, uh, you know I get emotional because I'm like man that could be me mm-hmm. but then I always think like you know coulda shoulda woulda it's like all right you're living your best life now so mm-hmm. you can't you can't dwell on it but I love watching the draft you know it gives me chills because I see all the people <laughs> being happy you yeah. know dreams coming true so it's pretty uh, I live through them okay. and I live through actually my Aww. teammates that are in the NFL mm-hmm. you know, I have a a good amount of teammates that are in the NFL right now. Oh, really? You know, I saw one of my friends in, um, uh, when I lived in Ohio last year, uh, he plays, he played for the Eagles. And I went to the game and uh, seen, like, one of my best friends out on the field. 
got me like the chills really? and i was just i think i definitely teared up and cried a little because you get to see your your guy out there it was pretty right. cool right uh, but yeah you like you lifted the guys in the league that's dope that's dope yeah. and so you know um in terms of like pursuing the nfl or being playing on a football team do you feel like certain positions have a more likelihood to be drafted oh uh, no i think you know Every position, you know, equally. is in is in NFL. True. So I mean, it's it's equally. I think. But like, are certain positions more likely to be hurt, or you know, um, what I mean? like receivers? You know, they get hit every play. Um, running backs get hit every play. So you know, those two, if you're really good at it, you'll probably have a better chance to go in the league. Um, like I think San Diego State is known for like the last two running backs, one for the Seahawks, and then uh, one for. Uh, with the Eagles, so you know, oh, okay. running backs for San Diego State get drafted out of there. See, that's what we're saying. Yeah, so right. running backs, <laughs> offensive linemen, you know, they're for my position. You know, you have to be like prestige and like mm-hmm. going to like a big school like USC or okay. uh, mm-hmm. Alabama. Those offensive linemen are always getting drafted because they're huge. Those guys are just different. <laughs> they are different. Physically, like what Physically, you mean? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm six seven. And these guys are six seven, but they're just stocky, like okay. corn fed. Like they eat, <laughs> and I eat, but man, <laughs> I like my I like my figure. You know? <laughs> so you talked a little bit about like how like you're playing football, and then your backup plan was to um, be a sheriff, and then that didn't work out. Yeah. And so I remember like you and I having this conversation, which is why I brought you on the podcast too. Yeah. So can you talk about that process a little bit, like what it was like from start to finish in your position that you're in now? So it's uh, that starting process, like a three-month process to like, go through the like paperwork and all the Transition. transitioning like you you have to do like polygraphs and everything mm-hmm. you know i uh actually made it all the way through and i just you know i guess i answered something wrong in the psych and uh you know it triggered them and uh, they were like oh, yeah you're not you're not gonna go through <laughs> with you. Fit, yeah. and you know it's fine you know everything happens for a reason um you know right now you know working like anyone else uh, <laughs> and you know it's a uh, it's cool, you know. I like what I'm doing right now. Um, me and my uncle uh, started our own solar company, so you know that's kind of what I'm into right now. We're just going through the flow, making things happen. Um, first year in solar, it's you know been ups and downs, but mm. you know that's any company that starts. You know right. you're gonna be like, all right, you have your ups, you're gonna have your downs, right. but you know uh, it's what you would have being a sheriff. You know, you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have to deal with people. You're going to have to not deal with people. Your life's on the line every day. True. Um, Nowadays, people don't respect the law. So it's just like, my mom was like, all right, thank God. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I think that's most parents going in, because I thought about being CHP. Oh, um, really? California Highway Patrol, yeah, okay. and I was like, and I'm short. I'm five feet. I'm a female. Yeah, I'm a female. First of all, there's some short CHP. Look, what's that? What's that one movie with the little uh, rabbit in it? Oh, Baby did good. I was like, you know what? 
to your point, <laughs> at my college, we had a police officer. She was UPD. Her name was Heather, and she was about your height. Thank and you. And she was out here just um, okay. making stuff happen. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, yeah, but honestly, these were the types of things I thought about, you know? And then yeah. I'm also like, if I ever had to shoot someone, I don't think I could. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think it happens very rarely in CHP where someone has to pull a gun on someone. But again, like you said, these days, the respect for the law is just not there. And mm-hmm. CHP, like, you're always in interaction with people. Exactly. And that's, exactly. I think that's the highest uh, death for, like, oh, law really? enforcement. Yeah, because, oh, really? Because you always are pulling someone over, and yeah. then, like, people are either, like, especially on the freeway, you, like, so many cops get hit yep. by, like, cars driving. Yeah, so yeah. it's just, it's, you're all, that's the most, yeah. that for me, I was like, CHP, they are definitely the ones to put their life on the line. More than others. And that, and, but honestly, the need for women is so great. Because I actually went, um, they wanted me, they invited me to the interview. Um, and so, it was just, one, it was so, 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 like, um, what's the word? Just very um, intimidating. Mm-hmm. One, because I'm a female in a male-dominated field. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was probably, there was probably like 600 dudes there. And out of that, oh out of that many, it was probably like, probably like 10 females. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of us. Yeah. And then black females, I was probably the only one. Um, and I remember everybody was sitting at these tables because we were getting ready to do an exam. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in order to make myself not feel so intimidated, I don't look at the entire room. I just kind of go in and I, I zone in mm-hmm. and I, I focus on what I'm trying to do. So at this time, I was just trying to walk to my seat. Little did I know... I was facing the wrong way. Everybody was facing the opposite way that I was facing. An officer comes up to me. He's like, turn around. He was like, it had, he, some, he said some smart remark to me, like basically mm-hmm. like, look what you're doing. You know, like mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, you know, even though you guys are not CHP, the moment you apply, now you're CHP. If you got 10 on your windows, that needs to come off. He was like, everything y'all do represents CHP, even though you guys aren't CHP. And mm-hmm. I was like, I got so and i remember we were doing the fitness test and i had not worked out i'm yeah. not in shape people think i am but i'm not and it's the false the deception yeah. <laughs> but uh and it's funny because like the cops they were cheering for me one probably because i was a black female and they're like yeah. we need more yokai like, <laughs> um and so i was doing the fitness test i think i was doing the sit-ups baby Baby, Bro. I, don't, I don't remember how many we had to do, but your girl probably did like five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, Each one. and it was like, all right, all right. And it was like, go, go. Like, they were like really cheering me on. And then once I once I collapsed, I was like, all right, cool, bye. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, work out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's definitely in- in- interesting. Dude, they're, uh, that was the fun part when I was going through the process of doing like the physical test. Really? Because, like, I was like, all right, I could do this. And yeah. jumping over the wall, doing yeah. a mile. Yeah. And they were like, for a big guy, you move. I was like, hey, I, <laughs> they were all right. Like, first of all, sir, <laughs> I played football. Right. For a D1. Don't, oh, D1 don't get at me. Did you guys look at my resume? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right. That's funny. <laughs> Just calling in. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh... I was going to ask you a question. I forgot it, but it's okay. I've got an outline. So, <laughs> um, Where are we? 
Somebody fill the blank air while I do this <laughs> to make it feel more natural. Now. Okay. Um, so I had a question about in regards to you pursuing like solar energy and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's like a, a not a huge or a drastic transition, mm-hmm. but that's not related to either football no. or, um, you know, yeah. police. So, yeah, that we got into this because um, I've been at Black Dot. That's the name of my company um, that my uncle owns and you know i work for him and uh it's a telecommunications company so we work on behalf of t-mobile at&t verizon uh for their cell phone towers so we negotiate their rates for them um and let's say for example someone has a verizon tower on their roof and they're getting paid six thousand dollars a month we call them on behalf of verizon saying hey we need to you know redo this lease send you some new documents (coughs) basically we send uh half so we send them a new contract okay. for three thousand dollars oh, okay. the more we could take away from them oh, the more you and the more we could help save for t-mobile att verizon the bigger our commissions are so you know he got into that 15 years ago we actually just celebrated our 15th year of business. Wow, congrats. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, are there other companies that do this similar thing um there's a there's a couple other companies that you know do what we do okay. there's one in san diego i'm not sure what they're called you know they're our competition but okay. you know i got into that three years ago and then my first year into it you know i worked at this lease consultant at the bottom of the company you know to earn my stripes okay. and then um there was an opportunity last year where i was able to both start another vertical for our company oh, wow. and uh, i actually lived on the road all last year so we uh, got a new client in Windstream, and it's a broadband company oh, okay. so it's totally different from this right. telecommunications cell phone towers um, so we started a door-to-door sales company Oh wow! out there. So I went out, flew out to Texas, hired three people off Craigslist. Um, and that first week we put up a hundred sales wow. and the next week we did it again. And my CEO was like, yeah, we're going to do this and you're going to stay on the road all year. Really? So we started in Texas and now we have teams in eight states that are going door-to-door sales. Wow. We have about 80. Is that kind so of cold we, calling, or do these people actually want your services? Cold, cold knocking. But it works out in your favor? Yeah, it works, you know, because okay. we're selling internet and TV bundles. And that's but, what I never thought I was going to get into. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, you know, started last year. And, you know, that company is going into year two. And, you know, I moved home um, mm-hmm. in de- December, the whole year on the road. And, uh, it was a definitely an eye opener for me. I learned a lot about myself, okay. um, but they also know that you know I could do whatever I put my mind mm-hmm. to. So, hence how we got into solar. I get back and my CEO said, "All right, since door to door sales worked out there, let's see what we can do here." And I said, "Well, let's get into renewable energy." Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, "Solar is you know blowing up right now. Let's get into this." So we got into solar because of what I did out there. And, uh, you know, this is another vertical that I was able to be a part of launch. Um, and, you know, we're doing all right. You know, it's a, it's definitely been, you know, different um, because there's so much competition out there with other solar companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's definitely had its uh, challenges, but, you know, we're working through them. We're projecting a big start to 2020. And uh, when that happens, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be nice. 
exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. So, Paul, what is your technical title, if you don't mind sharing? If you um, mind sharing, it's okay. The VP National Sales Director for our solar department. You see that, y'all? Yeah. He's trying to be all humble. Right, right. 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 I'm not all off. I'm not all right. Okay, what? I'm like, what's your position? So, do I work? So, if you don't know what a VP is, he's the vice president. Which is what? And how old are you, Paul? 27. 27. Yeah. So, 27, vice president of a company. I mean, you're out here doing it. You know, I, I try and, you know, every day you got to try to do better than what you did yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. yeah. I think you're doing a good job. Like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's really inspiring to kind of see your story from start to finish and, like, all the different obstacles, I guess, that you faced and mm. then how you just overcome them yeah. um, and yeah. just kind of, like, perseverance. And yeah, I think, you use them as a stepping stone yeah. to your next position yeah. or your next, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never, Never did I ever think that door-to-door sales would ever work right mm-hmm. but it's my bread and butter like my ceo says it's me mm-hmm. if i get in front of a person at their home there's kind of a not even 50 50 chance. i think it's like an 80 20 chance really? mm-hmm. that i'm going to close that deal really wow. it's just like i'm a personal person when i'm in front of somebody and mm-hmm. you know i think that's something that you know that's one of my yeah, traits. It's a skill. Yeah, yeah. Skills, yeah. So, so you can sell uh, snow to Eskimos, which oh, you're saying. Man. Yeah. <laughs> that's dope. And I think, honestly, that's a good point. You have to use your skills mm-hmm. to figure out which career assets mm-hmm. would be applicable for you. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I think of, no offense, but when I think of a cop, I don't think of someone who's personable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have a sort of persona. They have mm-hmm. to elude so they don't come off as, yeah. I can, you know get under your skin or mm-hmm. I can um, sideswipe you or I could, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, knowing your skill and we just talked about this earlier, knowing who you are and getting into your yep. own only helps you become a, a better professional that's or help you advance. Great, you know? Yeah. You gotta, uh, I think that's what one thing my CEO told me is like, you know, we, you found what you're good at so just mm-hmm. keep doing it. You yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, why would you go do something else? Right. right. Like, I mean, do you enjoy it though? Oh yeah. Okay. I, you know, I really do enjoy it. Um, I actually enjoy traveling a lot too. Like, look at you being a recruiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> traveling was cool. Yeah, yeah, especially do you probably get mileage reimbursements? Man, I think I racked up about seventy thousand frequent flyers last year. Shush. Yeah, I, could, I kind of fly anywhere. Yeah, you can get it. So then, five destinations that you want to go to, That's you can use those frequent flyers. Listen, and we try to get flued out. So talk to us a little bit about like we're running well we're technically out of time but it's okay I'm gonna let this go over a little bit um but talk to us a little bit about like solar power like why renewable energy why it's good how can you figure out if your home is like good for it so like there's a couple things to like qualify you to get solar Mm -hmm. you gotta be first and foremost a homeowner right you can't rent and get solar (laughs) it's just not gonna work um and then you gotta have a solid roof if your roof's capable of getting solar you know there's i could look at a roof and be like yeah, you need a new roof <laughs> like my parents house i looked at their house yeah you need a new roof <laughs> so we're in the works of getting them a new roof and then we're going to put solar on um and then you know it's just good for the environment you know going mm-hmm. green you're every solar panels that get, gets put on you know you're taking um you're taking more cars off the you know in our in our um presentations there's a little part in there where it says all right your solar panels are taking off 10 cars off the street from driving and i'm sorry it's just uh thank you just keep talking so yeah that's it 
<laughs> no, but uh, it's just, you know, going green, and it's just the way to do it. And then um, how, how do you know how many panels you get put on your house? Um, you you get your 12-month usage from your utility, and we'll add them all up, and we'll put your behaviors from that last year, and we'll just build a system based on uh, your usage. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty neat. Uh, we have, you know, the software is to, you know, put the data in and it'll say, all right, you need this size system. And we'll just, you know, put the pedals on the roof. Um, and it's pretty sweet, you know. Wow. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty gay. So as we wrap up, what is some advice you would give to a high school student who is looking to um, pursue becoming a college athlete or maybe getting drafted and things like that? You know, when you're looking into schools, one thing I didn't do in which I wish I would have, I would have looked at the depth chart and seen like, all right, if I go to this school, when am I going to play? Like, when am I going to have the opportunity to play? Like, if there's a freshman there that's already mm -hmm. starting as a freshman, mm -hmm. definitely not going to go to that school because I'm going to be behind that person. Um, yeah, you, you got to be competitive and, you know, try to beat that person out. But you also want to be smart about it, too. So look into the depth chart, see where you're going to be when you get there. Like, if they're a the senior, yeah, the senior's going to be gone, right. so you have opportunity that year after. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something I would look into. Um, and then when you get to, like, the university, you know, do, like, a week crash course on, like, degrees that and see what jobs you get with those degrees. Because uh, we definitely didn't have that at San Diego State. A lot of the guys, you know, were focused on, you know, going pro, going pro, going pro. But no one actually focused on, like, all right, what's going to happen after um and none of the academic ladies you know they were cool they put us in the degrees that we wanted to be in but they didn't really push us to like be business finance mm -hmm. or go into engineering um because they they just wanted to make sure we their job is to make sure we pass right and just get good <coughs> grades um so they were just like all right we're doing our job right they did their job right but i wish they would have pushed us to like get Mm -hmm. a little more knowledge on the degrees and seeing what jobs you can get with them. So, you know, do a crash course on, you know, what degrees and what jobs you get with them before, you know, essentially wasting a full-ride scholarship on a degree that you're mm -hmm. not going to use. Um, so that's, you know, the, I say that often because there's a lot of my teammates that mm -hmm. wasted an opportunity to get a good education and got social science or some, some degree to where they're not using their degree right, yeah. to, for anything. So it's just crazy. So yeah, it's kind of a couple of things that I would, you know. What would be like a major that students could go into if they wanted to produce, um, become like uh, more involved with like solar energy and things like that? Um, see, I wish I would have went into business finance. Okay. But me yeah. personally, um, it has nothing to really do with solar energy. Uh, but it's just now that I'm in the business world, I want to be able to, and in finance, I just want to be able to, to understand money and understand numbers. And uh, that's just something that I don't have any, like that much knowledge of. And I'm like teaching myself daily. Um, you can always go get a master. <laughs> well, I actually want to go to the USC um, Marshall program. That okay. was entrepreneur, entrepreneur um, Marshall program. So oh, yeah, it's yeah. a, uh -huh. is there a business entrepreneur? Yeah, program? I think so, that, I know. Uh, I want program. I used to see your program. Yeah, okay, huh? yeah. Because I know, like, a lot of, for business specifically, they have a lot of the shorter programs, which is really nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that program, um, my CEO actually, um, he's in that right now. He's, okay. My CEO is 
50, 50 years old, he is really only doing it because, you know, he wants to, it's a, one of his bucket lists, oh, okay. was to, you know, graduate from there, and he doesn't need to, he's a very well-accomplished man already, but he just wants to do it for his bucket list, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, well, you know, at USC, you know, I get into you, yeah, so, right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's really well, kind of what I want to do. If I could answer part of your question, it would maybe be, um, if you want to get into solar panel, probably um, environmental science. Yes. Um, or like some form of environmental engineering mm-hmm. um, or even mechanical engineering if you want to be the one that actually makes the um, makes the solar panels you want to be the one that does like installation you could probably go there like are like a lot of construction management type degrees that you can get mm-hmm. so that could be something that you yeah. can do um, and then environmental science is all about like understanding clean and renewable energy um, and why it's good for you so yeah well paul i want to say thank you so much for coming doing this interview for us especially on like a sunday early in the morning um and is there anywhere that maybe like students could find if you feel comfortable giving out any of your information i'm on i'm on linkedin LinkedIn? you can find me on linkedin um you know all my information's on there email phone number i think my phone number email everything's on there um, yeah. Gotta What's update your... my bio. <laughs> What's your name on LinkedIn? So uh, it's Paul okay. Rodriguez. Okay. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we'll post a picture of him on our social media page so yeah. you can see his face. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank and you. Um, we'll see everyone next time on another episode of. And Midnight. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Why did she force me to do this? <laughs> it was so beautiful for me.